Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap on a Tuesday evening. It's good to have you with us. And, uh, yeah, what an interesting sporting day it has been today. And officially, uh, I say officially because it's been going on for a, 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 just over about a week now. The World 2020 is underway, but uh, all the big guns have now arrived and the tournament starts for real, if uh, that actually does make any sense. But uh, just looking at what's happening and uh, what a cracking match to start off with in the Super 10 Group 2 in New Zealand up against India. New Zealand posting 126 for 7 in their 20 overs. Looking at that, I thought, oh, I don't know if that's going to be enough. But I can tell you, India are struggling. 39 for the loss of 4. They need another 88 runs off 12 overs with 6 wickets in hand. So the pressure firmly on the hosts. We'll chat to you on in just a moment to find out exactly how that one's progressing. The Proteas were in action today too in a warm-up clash. They uh, beat a Mumbai uh, a team from Mumbai, the Cricket Association, by eight wickets. Uh, they were chasing 189 for victory, and they ended up getting it uh, with just two wickets down. Faf Duplessis was in the runs. He scored 65. A.B. de Villiers also picking up a half century, so that's fantastic news there. On to football now. Orlando Pirates will look to continue their fine form when they visit Bidvest. Vits for an absolute premiership clash tomorrow evening. Still on a high from their emphatic 5-0 victory over Jomo Cosmos at the Orlando Stadium on Saturday evening. The Buccaneers will look to extend their winning streak in the league to four games and five in all competitions. Vitz, on the other hand, coming off a loss from the weekend in the Confederations Cup. Pirates coach Eric Tinkler says they're expecting a tough clash as Vitz try to close the gap on league leaders Mamelodi Sundowns. Vitz lost 3-0, you know, so we know the importance of, of going there to collect the three points because they're a team, obviously, that still stands a chance of, of winning the league. You know, and it's again, it's one of those games where I know <clears throat> the focus of the players will be in the right space. You know, that tends to happen when you're playing the teams at the top of the table. Tinkler believes that they head into the clash on the front foot. Uh, it could be because of their victory at the weekend. It's these games that, that worry you the most when you play the bottom teams at the bottom of the table. You know, the, the probably possibly the, the added advantage that, that, that we have is that we come off a very confident result and, and they don't you know but it all depends who they played and who didn't there's a match to look forward to this evening. Chiefs welcome Cosmos. Kickoff at 7.30 tonight. European action uh, on the cards as well in the UEFA Champions League. Atletico Madrid up against PSV. And Dinamo Kiev travel to the Etihad to play Manchester City. I can tell you as well that uh, Arsenal have announced that there will be a press conference at 7 o'clock South African time. Arsene Wenger uh, to be making a statement. So interesting to see what is going to happen there. Obviously been a lot of pressure uh, on the Gunners manager. And uh, I was jokingly saying a bit earlier, knowing Arsenal's track record, maybe he's signing another 10-year contract. Who knows? We'll have to wait and find out. And the Absa Cape Epic, and we'll chat to Jeff Ailiff on this evening's show as well. There's Huber and Carl Platt still in the lead on the general classification. Aaron Kleinos and Annika Langfat still leading the ladies' race as well. In rugby news now, I can tell you that Springbok scrum half Francois Hochart has signed a long-term contract with the Worcester Warriors. He'll be heading to the UK and uh, in Super Rugby news, Jumbo Ulengo will be making his Super Rugby debut for the Bulls against the Sharks. Rudolf Smith will start at flank, and Jesse Creel, he's back as well, but he'll start from the bench. Internationally, flanker Dan Lidiets will lead a Welsh side that includes four changes for their Six Nations clash against Italy on Saturday, and they'll be without prop Thomas Francis. He's been banned for eight weeks for making contact with the eye area of Dan Cole during their loss to England. Some sad news to report as well on the rugby front. Former Fiji international 
international Highlanders and Nesta Tigers player Sarah Rabeni has passed away. He was just 37. The cause of death has not been released. In tennis, Judy Murray has stepped down as Great Britain's Fed Cup captain after five years in the role. And in boxing news, Ricky Burns will face Michele Di Rocco for the vacant WBA World Super Lightweight title. That fight scheduled to take place in Glasgow on the 28th of May. Coming up next, uh, we'll find out exactly what's happening in the world 2020. SAFM Sports Wrap. Yep, cricket now, and uh, I'm not quite sure how to frame this. As I said, uh, it starts today. Let's say that officially. It's match 13, actually, but New Zealand up against India. Johan Leroux joins us now. Johan, looking at the halfway point, I thought 126 for 7, 127. India is a quality outfit. It's not going to be enough, but New Zealand making a good fight of it. This has been a fascinating game of cricket, I must say, Brad. Uh, in reply, India currently 42 for 5 after 9.1 overs. And I think this is just to show that this is going to be the tournament of spin because most of the wickets falling so far in this match and all five in the India innings have been by spin bowlers. New Zealand also opting for three spinners in their team and only the two seamers. So I do think that this will be the World Cup of spin. Will the Proteas have enough spinners in their team? Well, we'll have to wait and see how Aaron Pangisa does if he gets an opportunity. But it's also been spin bowling from the start, opening the bowling with spin. So this really is a spinner's World Cup. So the first wicket to fall was that of Rohit Sharma very early in the innings. And just as we're speaking, there's another India wicket that fall. It is Hardik Pandya who's gone for one and India currently 42 for six after 9.4 overs in all sorts of trouble in this run chase of only 127. Let's go back to the beginning of the innings. Rohit Sharma, Shikha Dawan, Suresh Reina and Yuvraj Singh all falling inside the first five overs and that was to the bowling of Mitchell Santner and Nathan McCullum, the two spinners in the New Zealand team. Then Virat Kohli fell a short while ago. He was gone for 23, dismissed by Ish Sodi, the other spinner in the side caught behind by Luke Ronke and so far no meaningful contributions with the bat yet for the Indians and they really are in a lot of trouble this is their World Cup the one that they are supposed to win at home but at the moment it doesn't look good yeah, interesting indeed. And uh, that Indian outfit is, uh, they're a quality, quality team. They've got some great players. It's still early on in, in the tournament, Johan, but do you, do you think the pressure of playing at home could, could be telling on, on India? I mean, we know how, how cricket mad uh, the country is. Is that putting undue pressure on the team? That could be, uh, and we saw when South Africa toured there uh, towards the end of last year, as soon as uh, the Indian side lost the T20 series and the ODI series, the fans booed them and the Indian uh, players really said that it did affect them a lot, that they were disappointing their, their team, because everybody knows in India, everybody lives for cricket. But uh, I'd surely at this stage you know what to expect from the Indian point of view, uh, from the players' point of view rather, and you should be prepared for what is to come, and they should have been prepared for this pressure. I think at the moment it is just great bowling by the, in, by the New Zealand spin bowlers that is causing them to lose so many wickets early on. And uh, as we're just watching the 10th over come to a conclusion, India 42 for 6. They really are in all sorts of trouble, still needing, needing 85 runs, and they only have 60 balls. But the problem is they only have four wickets in hand. You, you mentioned the Proteas. They start their, their campaign on Friday, but they did play a warm-up game today. And the, the name you mentioned was Aaron Pangiso. He, he did play today. He picked up one for 18 in three overs. He was pretty economical. Uh, Imran Tahir also played. Funnily enough, he played for the Mumbai Cricket Association 11. JP Dumini did as well. 
So, I mean, there's three spin options. Do you think, uh, I mean, obviously Imran Tahir is a great bowler. Aaron Pangiso, he's, he's shown what he can do. JP Dumini is a bit of a part-timer. Do you think those three can do it for the Proteus? I think, uh, like you said, Imran Tahir is a terrific bowler. Unfortunately, I think Aaron Pangiso, just with him having to change his action over the last month, that really hasn't helped his cause. Neil Manthorpe, who does some commentary for the SABC, actually wrote a great article uh, yesterday, I think it was. He says, when a golfer gets a new swing, it takes him months to get used to that new swing. And it's the same with a spin bowler as well. It takes you time to get used to it and just to perfect your deliveries. And Aaron Pangiso has had a couple of weeks to try and get that new action ready so I think when push comes to shove and when it's a pressure situation I don't think that uh, Fafti will be hoping to rely on Aaron Pangiso hopefully Imran Tahir doesn't pick up an injury and hopefully the plan for the Proteus was also not to play more than one specialist spinner and uh, just hopefully Imran Tahir and JP Dumini can do the trick one of the big positives today out of uh, the match that the Proteus did play was Faf Duplessis getting some runs 65 in all or 40 balls uh, good to see him getting back in form that is great. And slowly as this year has progressed, he's started performing a lot better. And we do need our captain to play very well if we are to do well in this T20 competition. And I believe it was also today the first time that uh, South Africa opted for the four of uh, Abu de Villiers, um, Hashim Amla, Quentin de Kock and Faf Duplessis as a top four. And I think that was the plan all along. That is a great top four to have in your team. And what a great platform they can lie down if, uh, or they can set if the priority is off to go with them. And just as we watch now, India losing another wicket. They're currently 43 for seven. And again, it is Spin doing the trick. So, yes, I hope that the batsmen can do the the, the trick for South Africa when they get their tournament underway on Friday but I think it might be the bowlers that's going to determine most of the outcomes in this matches. Absolutely fantastic Yandere. thank you very much for that and that is a formidable top four imagine being a bowler today Quinton de Karkashi Mamla Faf Tuplessis and A.B. de Villiers I'd rather not thank you uh, we'll chat to Johan later on in the program just to get another quick update if that game is still going on because the way it's progressing New Zealand firmly in control there uh, but yeah we'll come back to Johan in just a moment this is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. This is South Africa's news and information leader. It was another incredible day at the Absa Cape Epic today. And let's head to Tilbach now, where it was uh, d- drama-filled and uh, probably fitting because it was the 100th stage of the Absa Cape Epic today, Jeff Ailiff. Uh we, we wouldn't expect anything less than, than drama on a stage as important and, and as symbolic as the 100th. It was a, another great day's racing. It was another great day's racing, Brad, and as you said, uh, yeah, I mean, every stage of the Absolute Epic comes with, with drama in some form uh, or the other, and the 100 stage is going to be no different. Uh, 93 kilometers today, 2,300 meters of climbing, um, busloads of drama, and it was Team Bulls, uh, Carl Platt and Urs Huber. They looked like dominating the day. They flew out of the starting blocks, uh, and then bad luck struck uh, Urs Huber having a puncher, and that allowed a very unlikely uh, stage win for Centurion Vade by Merendol 2. Um, their second team, Nicola Robach and Matthew Frommer. And uh, the Bulls managed to hang on for a second place. And that does keep them uh, overhead uh, overall in the lead in the GC. Uh, Czech Salasan Marco A, Sam uh, Poito and Damiano Ferrero were in third place. The Bulls are now about 6 minutes 59 ahead. And it was a terrible day for Topi Ergon Racing, Alvin Lakata and Christian Heineck. Uh, they also had big problems out on course, and they only uh, managed to get a ninth place today. Well, let, let's take a look at uh, what happened from, from the ladies' race side of things. 
The ladies' race, that was, uh, for me, where all the drama uh, took place, and uh, Spurs specialised. They had a nightmare start to this epic. Um, they really didn't have a, have a great um, uh, prologue, and yesterday they didn't have a, a good day. Ariane Clanans had a crash yesterday, and something on her back brake apparently was binding, and she rode the last uh, sort of probably 13 or 14 kilometers uh, with a binding back break but she was absolutely shattered when she crossed the line and um, today uh, they managed to fight back and it was Orion Clements and Annika Langfall, uh taking the win today from uh, Topik Irvan, Sally Bingham and Adel Morath uh, so, and I think, in fact, a lot of people actually had, were under the impression that, that Spurs specialised, that Ariane and Annika were really going to struggle. And, uh, but they fought back today, uh, especially uh, Ariane, showing a lot of courage. And they are back wearing the leaders' jerseys. They now have a lead of some three minutes and 17 seconds um, over the the team from Topic Ergon, from Sally and from Ardell. And, of course, Sally and Ardell beat them in the Swiss Epic uh, not that long ago. So there's still a lot of racing to come in the ladies' division. Yeah, I was going to say, three minutes sounds like a lot, but at the FCK epic it's a, a flash of, of time and it, it can pass in an instant let's look at what's happening on the on the mixed side of things on the mixed side it's, a, it's, it's sort of a fairly quiet year but uh, leading the mixed teams uh, taking the win today was Jean-Francois Bossier and Fanny Boudon from France um, in second place, it's a Trek team from Israel, Trek Israel, Idi Shrub and uh, Gal Shador. And uh, then uh, Giants, a uh, team from Giants uh, in third place at the moment. Um, so, yeah, as I said, the, the mixed uh, category is sort of fairly, fairly quiet this year. And one other thing that I just have to quickly throw in, Brad, is, is obviously the African, the Absa African um, jersey. Um, it's also really been dominated by the, uh, the, the pair from South Africa, from Darren Lill and uh, his partner Waylon Wilcock, uh, USM Purefoot, uh, they're having a, a great epic. They've um, taken fairly easy wins in both days, and they have increased their lead uh, as well at the moment, Daryl and, and Waylon. Awesome stuff. Jeff, there's also a couple of big names, uh, some schlebs uh, and big sp- or ex-sporting stars uh, riding the Epic. I know 1995 Rugby World Cup hero Joel Stransky, uh, he's been sucked into this in good and proper. I think he's riding about number five or six this time around. Uh, do you know how he's going? I mean, he's an absolute machine on a bike. He could probably do it with his eyes closed. Yeah, you know, Joel, I saw him finish today, and uh, he, he was looking as strong as ever. And, you know, I, I was, in fact, saying to somebody earlier on, to Jeremy uh, Thompson, one of, uh, the, the former Springbok Center and, and Shark Center, that I'm, I'm starting to associate people like Jeremy, who's doing his fifth Cape Epic, and Joel Stansky, who's probably got the same number. I'm starting to associate them more with, with, uh, with mountain biking than with rugby. But Joel was looking really good today. John Smith um, is, is racing on the team with Jeremy. John Smith's a big guy. He came back for more, and we've got uh, Marius Herter, the Hertenator. I don't know how Marius did today, but he, he squeaked in yesterday, but uh, with, uh, with a big smile on his face. And another big man who's, uh, who's racing this Absolute Epic is the former Welsh captain uh, Colin Chavis is out there as well. So it's really appealing to all the rugby players. Yeah, it's amazing how many ex-professional rugby players are doing this thing, but there's uh, also an ex-professional cricket player and former South African coach Gary Kirsten who's riding this year as well. How's Gazza going? Yeah, Gaz is going really well. You know, he, he's racing with uh, with Dr. Michael Moll, who of course has done a few Cape Epics. Um, and uh, but Gaz is, you know, he's he's really he's so quiet and he's so humble. Um, you know, you ask him how he's doing, and he says, no, it's going fine, it's going fine. But you speak to Dr. Moll and Michael Moll, he says, no, he's he's 
he's been an absolute gladiator, gladiator out there. And uh, Gary is really looking in good shape. I mean, I saw him at the prologue, and uh, he looks every bit like uh, these racing snakes that are leading the Absa Cape Epic. So, uh, so yeah, Gary Kirsten uh, having a great time out there at the moment, and I don't foresee him having any problems. I'm loving He's a wily character, and I can tell you one thing. If I ever do the Absa Cape Epic, I'm going to follow in his footsteps, and I'm going to make sure that I do it with a doctor, because <laughs> that, that race is absolutely uh, it, it's, it's something else that uh, if, if you do need medical attention, you want to make sure that it's very close at hand. Uh, our very own Formula One correspondent, Gugu Zulu, is riding yet again this year as well. Uh, Jeff, have you managed to spot Gugu? I know he is, is riding. Uh, he's sort of up there. And just, I don't want to say he's making up the numbers, but he's pretty much the same as Joel Stransky. He can, he can almost do the thing with his eyes closed now. He is. You know, I, I caught up with Gugu at the, at the prologue, and he's full of smiles. He's a lot more relaxed going into it this year. You know, I don't think he was planning on racing. And he said, as the event starts coming nearer, you know, he starts to feel like he wants to be part of it again. And, and Gugu Zulu knows his way around. He's, I think this is the third episode Cape Epic. He knows his way around. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to be having any problems. I didn't see uh, Gugu today, but I'll make a point of trying to catch up with him tomorrow. And interestingly, you were talking about Dr. Michael Moll and, and the advantages of riding with Michael. Is that, uh, two years ago, Michael's last episode Cape Epic, he raced with uh, Vanessa Sands, who's now Ryan Sands' mm-hmm. wife, of course. Vanessa really suffered badly from cancer, uh, for, for, uh, not uh, from from asthma, sorry, an asthma attack. And Vanessa was actually taken to the medical center, and she was told that she probably wouldn't be able to, to get up and, and go and race the following day. And uh, she, she managed to sneak out of the medical center, absolutely determined to race through, this, uh, through, you know, through the asthma. And the next day, on the final stage, you know, she, had a re- she really suffered in the dust and started having an asthma attack. And that exactly having Michael Mole with her, she said, is what, what sort of got her back on the bike and going again. So you were right. It is, it is really good having, having uh, Michael Mole there. <laughs> going to be my strategy. Jeff Ader, thank you very much. We'll hear more from you tomorrow morning on AM Live, and then we'll chat again tomorrow on PM Live and SAFM Sport Trap. Thanks for, for your time this evening, and enjoy tomorrow's stage. Brilliant. Thanks, uh, Brad. Look forward to chatting. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It was uh, another fantastic weekend of rugby, uh, particularly from a sevens perspective. Another case of uh, so close yet so far, but uh, another wonderful, wonderful, and the word I want to use is clinical performance from the Blitzbocker. Uh, day one, they were untouchable, conceding just one try in their, in their sort of pool matches, and then in the knockout stages, narrowly losing uh, to New Zealand in the Cup final. We joined now uh, by a member of uh, the Blitzbox squad who wasn't in Vancouver. He's recovering from injury at the moment, but he's been around the setup for a long, long time. Vanna Cock. Vanna, welcome. Thanks for, for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks a lot, Brad. Thanks for having me. Vanna, sitting watching this weekend's performance in Canada, uh, I use the word clinical. How would you describe uh, the team's performance? Yeah, definitely. They, um, they had a great weekend. They, they played very, very well. Um, it's uh, those are small things that, that that cost us there at the end, but I think the guys um, they stuck with the plan and they played some phenomenal rugby. Looking at the the World Series as it stands now, I'm fascinated by it because if you if you look at the the season as a whole, obviously the big goal is the Olympics in in Rio, but I, I can't recall a, a World Series being this close. I mean, there's two points basically separating the top three sides. Fiji's on 106, we're on 105, and New Zealand's one point further back. There, there's still so much to play for, and then there's this massive carrot dangling at the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. These days, um, there isn't a team that runs away with it. Um, it's it's so tough on the circuit these days, like Canada beat Australia also in this weekend. So um, it's going to be tight, and I think it's all going to come down to um, the, the 
tournament now, Singapore and Hong Kong, and that will set the standard for the last team. Looking, looking at this past weekend, and, and you mentioned Canada beating Australia, there were some good performance by the, by the and I used air quotes, so-called minnows. Which of the smaller teams really impressed you this weekend, Ben? Um, I think actually all of them. Um, teams, teams like Wales is always a tough one to play against, and they, they just bring it. Um, the home tournament for Canada, I think, was an awesome, awesome weekend, and the with a crowd like that behind you, I think there, there isn't a chance that you can do badly. Yeah, it's amazing to see the, the way the game is being spread. And, and uh, in Vancouver, the, uh, often w- when you go to a new venue in, in a place where rugby's maybe not a massive sport, and, and Canada it's definitely not, but it's, it, it's good signs that that stadium can be as full as it is uh, watching uh, the game. It, it's, it can only only be good for Sevens rugby. No, it is. Um, well, they only used half of the half of the stadium, and there was like 35,000 people per day. I think if they can fill the whole stadium that takes 40 or 54,000, it would be awesome. And the stadium that can close, uh, what do you want more? Yeah, without a doubt, particularly when the weather can get uh, bitterly cold in Canada. Looking at the next four rounds, uh, it's the, the sort of Asian swing, Hong Kong, and then Singapore next. And, and it's great to see it, it going to Singapore as well, particularly with, with the rugby that we just saw this past weekend in, in Super Rugby. And then the, the two big ones, Paris and London, the finale. There's still a, a lot to play for. Do you, do you think that, that Neil Powell and the rest of the squad would have been happy with this performance? I mean, they came close to winning it. They, they second on the log. What do they need to, to improve on for, for the next leg in Hong Kong? Um, yeah, I think um, everyone can be happy with their performances. Um, it's just, I think it's the small things like, like the discipline that um, we just have to work on, um, high tackle and a little bit um, at luck time. But I think if we can we can sharpen up, um, it's going to be an interesting season because um, Hong Kong is definitely one everyone goes to play for. Fiji is always phenomenal at that tournament, so it would be it would be awesome if we can um, come away with a win in Hong Kong. One of the things I've been loving watching is is the dynamics within the squad. Obviously, there's been a core of players who've who've played over the last say four years who who've been on that circuit, and the coach has been bringing in a couple of players to to check them out and and see how they fit into the setup. And I think of the likes of of Brian Abana, who's who's obviously got unbelievable experience at 15 man rugby. He has played a lot of sevens rugby in his career as well, but he's had massive success in in the 15 man game. You look at the likes of Ryan Kankowski, uh as well as. Uh, uh, just thinking of name eludes me now from province the, the center uh de Jong, who's also was roping didn't play these two legs but it, it's just really good for 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 the depth in south african sevens that we've got some of these guys who are who are really good at 15 man rugby who who are being brought in and, and are they going to make it to the olympics are they not we're not quite sure of that yet but it uh, puts pressure and, and and it builds competition within that squad which can only be a good thing yeah no, definitely i think um they've been being a positive positive competition into the team um, everybody has to work for their spot in there and with that a little bit of um, different rugby background um, it can help us um, everything that they can be in can only be a positive and to to train and play with guys like Brian Abana and Ryan Zinkowski Sancho Ocho John De Jong they they bring something different and if if we all can be beyond par um, I think 
towards the Olympics, it's going to be very interesting and very exciting times lying ahead. One of the struggles that we've had in Sevens Rugby this season is obviously injuries. You, you're on a, an injury layoff, and we'll, we'll touch on that in just a moment. But look at the likes of Cecil Africa and, and, and Carl Brown, who, who've returned from injury. I mean, they've pretty much picked up where they left off. It's, it's impressive. Obviously, you guys are doing the right things in that rehab so that when you do bounce back, you, you're up to speed from, from the get-go. Yeah, no, they, the rehab team we work with is, is phenomenal. They're probably the best we, we have, and um, they they get the players back on the pitch healthy and, if not better, um, as good as they, they were before. Let's talk about your injury, Vanna. Uh, it's, it's frustrating when you do pick up a major injury, but how's, how's your rehab coming along? Well, it's going very well. Um, today, I actually started running. I was on the treadmill for 30 minutes and there, there's no pain. Um, I'm getting into it. I'm very excited. So just just to get the small things done, a little bit of agility that's lying ahead and then hopefully I can hit the pitch in three weeks' time. Gee, that's, uh, that's amazing. Vanacock, thank you so much uh, for your time this evening. Best of luck on that recovery. Let's hope you bounce back pretty quickly. We look forward to seeing you back in action in the green and gold. And uh, if you do chat to, to the rest of the squad, please pass on our best. And, uh, you yeah, we just love watching them. We, we love the brand of rugby they're playing at the moment, and we're super, super proud of, of all of you. Oh, thanks a lot, and thanks, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. We'll get a quick update uh, on the cricket in just a moment as well. But uh, lots of sport happening around the country. And seven of the nine provinces uh, will be converging in Polokwane for the Softball South African National Championships. Those take place between the 17th and the 20th of March in both the male and female categories. At the launch event this morning, Softball South Africa President uh, Mashilo Matsutela says they're concerned uh, provinces in Pumalanga and Northern Cape are still in a development phase, and though they're making strides in the game, the association didn't want to throw them in the deep end. Free entry t- uh, to the event uh, will only be, or the, the free entry event will only be played at Polokwane's Cricket Club. The president adds that uh, they're using the only venue for the event due to lack of funds. Historically, so as we host our tournaments, we always prefer one venue. When you go to a particular city, we say give us one venue. If that venue, first thing we say one city, secondly we ask the city to provide us with a venue that can produce more or less four to five diamonds. If that is not possible, we will then ask the same city or the same host association to give us an alternative venue that is not far from the main venues. The reason is uh, backed up by the following issue of logistics in the sense that uh, logistically uh, we need to make sure that wherever we play the number of people who then officiate umpires, scorers, statisticians and so forth. But everything down the line is actually controlled by cost. If uh, you have venues scattered all over, we have a situation whereby we then have to incur more cost as opposed to a situation where we are able to pay. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Let's uh, find out exactly what's happening with the cricket. Uh, India in all sorts of trouble. Johan Leroux, I can't see them bouncing back from this. 
Well, yeah, 61 for 7. That is where they're at at the moment after 15 overs. They are chasing 127 for victory against uh, New Zealand in this opener of the World 2020. And uh, we just, it's again, we're coming back to the spin bowlers. Nathan McCullum and Mitchell Santner and Ish Sodi have picked up the wickets for New Zealand so far. McCullum is bowling figures at this moment. 2 for 15 after 3. Santner is 3, seven, three for 7. So he's a common rate is 2.3 at the moment and Ish Sodi has only got he's picked up the two wickets and he's only gone for nine runs in his three overs so India in all sorts of trouble they do still have captain MS Dhoni at the crease he's on 16 of 20 and with him is Ravi Chandran Ashwin who can also bat a little bit but after this it is uh, Jasprit Bumrah and then also Ashnira and uh, those are the last two batsmen to come in so if anything if India are going to get anywhere close they will need their skipper MS Dhoni to be there it's all very very late in the innings but at the same time they are going to need to start taking risks they do need more than 12 and at the moment if they are to win this tournament opening. That's a huge, huge ask. Johan Lurie, thank you very much for that. And uh, don't forget, we'll be keeping you updated throughout uh, that tournament here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Just make sure you stay tuned. Uh, the women's uh, competition got underway as well today. Uh, Indian women team up against Bangladesh. I can tell you that India won that one by 72 runs. And in the other Group A match that took place today, uh, Sri Lanka up against New Zealand, there was a victory for for New Zealand women's team by seven wickets, chasing 110 for victory. They reached 111 for three. That's about it for SAFM Sports Wrap for this evening. We're back again tomorrow at 6.30. You'll have more sport tomorrow morning on AM Live, and we'll also have all that news from that press conference that's coming up uh, in just a few minutes from now as well. Also PSL action and all the UEFA Champions League results as well. Uh, coming up on the other side of the news, it is the talk shop from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Thank you for listening. Do be in touch. Uh, just search for SAFM Radio on social media. You can reach out there. We look forward to hearing from you. Right now, though, it is 7 o'clock in time for your news.